Hey guys, welcome to episode 227 of the JV Club with my guest, Ariel Waldman. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And Ariel made the point after we stopped recording that uh, I referenced the fact that she and I did Star Talk together up here at SF Sketchfest and that it would probably be quite some time before that episode were available. So uh, I just want to echo that in this intro and say, don't get too excited about listening to that because it probably won't be out for a while. Um, But please do check out uh, all of her wonderful work. You can see tons of stuff online. And I just want to uh, say I hope everybody had an uh, interesting, inspiring uh, inauguration weekend, whatever that means to you. Um, uh, Sketchfest was uh, interesting and uh, a totally different dynamic because of it and because of some intense weather. So for those of you who are here in town in San Francisco, um, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, I also am looking forward to seeing some of you at the live JV Club episode this final weekend of SF Sketchfest as we get into our uh, third weekend stretch. And I want to thank for your emails, Ben, James, and Jordan. I'm behind in checking Facebook and stuff, but um, and certainly very behind in looking at Twitter. But uh, I wanted to get those out there to you, and I will talk to you very soon. Thanks. Now entering Nerdist.com. Oh, I like that. I just heard a little cra- like it was like it was like let's crack yeah. into this. Let's just yeah. getting the day started. I'm just gonna. I can't. No, I don't think any of my bits and pieces crack the way I kind of <laughs> wish they were. Like that was something I was jealous of when I would see people cracking their knuckles. Oh, I, yeah. It seemed like a, a skill, like a skill set, like a useful skill. I, I'm I not sure. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what? But then that sort of brings you into the like chiropractor kind of like that immediately Mm. for me triggers the sort of like is it good for us to really like some of it does it just feels so good to yeah well you know that kind of cracking your joints is just like kind of the release of nitrogen yeah um, so but what about how do you feel about chiropractors um you know this is an all the ones chiropractor podcast is all i talk about uh I, I think the ones that are uh, not so um, hippie, yeah. <laughs> hippie-esque are, are perfectly fine. I've had to see chiropractors in the past that have helped me, but I don't like going to the chiropractors that are, you know, here's some colored water to, you know, help your aura or, you know, like what, like colored I can't water. stand that or, yeah. you know, so I only go to ones uh, that are pretty much on the scientific side which are unfortunately you know difficult to find but yeah um but they exist well, it is one of, it's one of those kind of interesting sort of nebulous divisive practices right where certain medical practitioners say none of it is real and then yeah. certain people are like it's incredibly real there's absolutely medical yeah, evidence for, that it's, it's useful it's like it's, it's funny that in this day and so age many, it's this thing like, that still has this like it hovers in between somehow yeah and it, it's unfortunate because you know it, because sometimes you know if you're in a car accident or something you do need sort of to be readjusted and you can actually look at x-rays and see yeah you've gotten a bit yeah. out of yeah out of this whack. clearly so, isn't a tinkered with yeah, uh, so i've uh, had medical. like sort of you know uh 
health issues before where like it, it needed a chiropractor and yeah, I me just, too. you know, and, and it was what I wasn't going to, you know, feel better about myself. Right. Or my aura, <laughs> you know. Which yeah. also listen, if that also makes people feel better and conduct themselves better as human beings in the world. Uh, I mean, I can't argue with it in terms of like, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. As long as you end up a more productive member of our society. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, is that something that you grew up kind of being, where did you grow up by the way? Uh, Kansas. Okay. Yep. How, how exposed to religion and sort of for, to use your term, hippy dippiness, <laughs> were you exposed when you were younger? Uh, so versus I grew like up, science, atheism. Yeah. Or, you know. I mean, my family, uh, isn't religious and I grew up without religion and, and, um, yeah, I was perfectly happy with that and i still am yeah uh you did know, you were you is that a an area where there's a lot of i don't know kansas um, very well so i don't i think you know in the suburbs of kansas city which is where i grew up i think it's sort of like a liberal oasis amongst oh, cool. kansas yeah. so i guess i've heard that yeah yeah so it didn't feel you know overly religious you know i knew some people who went to church but it's it you're not um in the bible belt which sort of starts kind of directly south like in Oklahoma or something so yeah yeah it it didn't feel weird or anything um but that said you know my parents are definitely more uh hippie-esque um than I am for sure yeah yeah what did they do uh so my mom uh uh, was a yoga teacher while I was growing up and my dad also um, a very reasonable like beneficial lots of good stuff comes from yoga yeah and I mean I always hated it growing up because you know I just I couldn't subscribe to anything really that my parents were doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's not a yoga teacher, and, and my dad is a, a furniture designer, but he uh, he was really into doing Tai Chi and, you know, uh, all that sort of thing. So, yeah. And again, were you like, did you have that experience of being the embarrassed teen? Like, oh, you guys, please. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they still do it to this day. Ariel, you know, don't burn your candle at both ends. I mean, they and, did name you Ariel. That's yeah, sort of an Yeah, I, I was named after a cartoon, although not the little mermaid uh-huh. uh it was uh what was it thunder the barbarian had a oh, sidekick sure. named yep. ariel yep. yep that's what i was named after wow so <laughs> they love their big comics fans at well, least of i that think one, i think it's like they just saw a cartoon and she had like long dark hair and rode horses and my parents were like yeah sure that'll be our kid. sure like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very pleasant name mm-hmm. although you may have now been subjected to a lot of little mermaid references yeah you know growing up i i hated the the name because you know when you're a little kid you you feel self-conscious about everything so you know they i was growing up and kids would be like where are your where are your fins ariel where's flounder where's your red hair and i'd be like shut up don't bother me <laughs> i can't believe you were bullied based off of the plot of well, little mermaid i mean i bullied teased. Is, is, yeah tease is definitely more it. and you know yeah when you're little you're just like, anything that I is know. thrown your way you don't yet have you know your confidence built up and so you're like they're making fun of me and yeah, I hate my absolutely. name and so it took me it took me probably until I was a teenager to actually appreciate my name did you have like a secret name that you wished was, was your name oh I, I had different did. ones yeah like I think maybe Alexis was one for a while and then like oh my mom likes to remind me this was when I was a little kid like uh that I wanted my name to be Misty for a while because I had re- read a, a book and it was about horses and there was oh, a horse yeah. named Misty and I was like that'd be cool yeah <laughs> These are the way things get into our heads. Yeah, I know. I wanted my name to be Aaron E R I N. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was when I was like you know ten ish, like eight to ten, eleven. I have no idea why. Like I don't have. I mean, 
maybe my dad's kind of my dad's best friends were sort of like family I grew up around. Um, their older daughter was named Aaron, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't remember idolizing her or anything. And that's the only person I can think of I even knew who had that name. Yeah. Nor was it like, it's not like it was like, <clears throat> whatever the like hot teen, whatever, like, you know what I mean? Because when you're little, if you're, yeah. that's kind of the age, the prepubescence where it seems like what teenagers are doing are, are cool. Yeah. And yep. there wasn't even something so like that old. where it's like everyone remembers that famous actress, Aaron, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just don't know where I got that. But I saw I was flipping through a really old little kid journal that I had. Uh, and I saw that I had like written a story about mm-hmm. myself as this person. And I was like, what was I? Who? Why? Yeah. Misty. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, that was a little, little girl. Yeah. yeah. No, Did but, you like horses? Uh, yeah. Like growing up, I, I rode horses and, nice. you know, I, I hated dolls, uh, loved animals. Um, I remember, you know, I was going to like hate anyone who ever gave me a doll for my birthday and I would tell my friends uh, again this was like when I was a child not a teenager but like uh, I would tell my friends you know don't get me a doll and then I remember I had this one birthday party where I invited this girl that I didn't know very well from school to my birthday party and she gave me a doll for my birthday and I just about wanted to murder her. <laughs> Which is like, she brought you a present. Totally thoughtful. You didn't even know her that well. She got you a gift. How dare she get like, you a doll? Dolls are, ugh. That's yeah. girl stuff. <laughs> yeah. Did you, but would you have been called? I mean, it's such a cliche that gets thrown around. Less now, but certainly uh, when we were younger, oh, tomboy. tomboy. Yeah. I, or did you qualify I wasn't a tomboy, but Because some I, people think it's one or the other. It's like, you know I what I mean? Now we know girly. that's just not how gender works but yeah like i mean particularly if you're around the outdoors and you like living animate horse you know what i mean like i didn't have access to something like a horse a tomboy but i was a girl who like all of my friends were guys and so when i you know and i and i just yeah i hated i hated things that were like overtly feminine so like barbies and dolls and when we would go to mcdonald's i would ask for the boy uh happy meal rather than the girl happy meal because i wanted a car over a doll um so stuff like that, but no, I don't think I was uh, explicitly a tomboy. I think, uh, I think it did take me like a, a journey through my life though to embrace like super feminine stuff, and yeah. now I'm like super femme. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, but- it's interesting if it's is, especially if there's a part of you that intellectualizes that stuff early, even if it's. I don't know how you can unconsciously intellectualize stuff, but I feel like that's possible well, somehow it, as a it, young person. Like, yeah, I mean, this was the way sort of like I, I saw sort of like gender socialized in my own life was, you know, as a kid. Yeah, I didn't want... Do you have brothers and sisters, by the way? I have one sister. Oh. Yeah. Or is she a young, older? Younger? Uh, uh, younger. Does she... Was she similar or was she sort of more... Uh, no, she, she and I are pretty different. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it's like, so, you know, I grew up and, and, you know, having guys as friends. And then so, like, I never wanted to associate with super feminine stuff. Um, and and that was very much part of my identity. But you can see that sort of grow in someone, um, you know, and, and this is sort of like what patriarchy is, which is like to be cool amongst boys. Don't be overly feminine because then they're going to be like, you know what's wrong with you and yeah, so it's, and so, it's like a different kind of i mean it's sort yeah, of the so like as a female te- chauvinist kind of thing where it's like you oh it's terrible yeah. because like as a teenager then you know this manifested in me thinking that i i i used to be not anymore but i used to be one of those girls who thought that oh i couldn't possibly be friends with women you know they're so annoying and like oh they're like da, 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 
you know, perky and that's not me. And so thus, you know, I can't be friends with women or I'm very rarely friends with women. So it's like I had a couple friends over my teens that were women. Um, but for the most part, it was guys. And it's not until, yeah, I became really an adult and then moved especially to San Francisco and actually met like, you know, ton of awesome women who are like me who don't have to be you know perky or maybe some of them are it doesn't matter like but it it took me time to unwind all of that Mm -hmm. patriarchy social Mm -hmm. gender stuff um of sort of like yeah and so it, it breaks my heart a lot of times when i see women say oh god i'm not really friends with women or i can't be friends with women because i i i can identify from where that comes from and that feeling but also you know i i you know everyone has to move at their own pace and their own time and so i'm now on the side of like the majority of my friends are women they freaking kick ass yeah um and i've never been like prouder and happier and and now it's not really a factor but um but it takes time did you have because now i had i because i was i think i felt feel very similar i would i would have a couple of close girlfriends and then the, and when i was in high school i definitely got into uh and i've talked about this before but like i def- definitely had more girlfriends who were friends with each other and that I would want to spend time with, you know, en masse. Um, But I'm an only child and I was a very one-on-one kid. Like, I play with this friend or this other friend who doesn't know that friend. Mm. And it wasn't intentional. But I think I was sort of, again, like, socially schooled accidentally from some sort of system of reward and attention that, like, it's like one-on-one is really important. And so there Mm. would be like group settings, like birthday parties or whatever, but that wasn't as meaningful to me as like Mm. this intense sort of like weird relationshipy level friendships with certain people. But a lot of that for me, uh, particularly as I went into, you know, junior high and high school was with, with guys as well. Um, But I think I also had, you know, those experiences very young where I was bullied by girls principally, if only by girls. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of any time I was bullied by a guy, like legitimately bullied by a guy. Maybe once in junior high there was one guy. Yeah. Oh, Scott. I was, I was bullied by but, both. Both yeah. genders. Both but genders like, equally. But, like, <laughs> but also like the, like the, I did have those sort of heartbreaking, like all of a sudden this girl just won't talk to me yeah. for a month and yeah, I out of loved nowhere, her and right? I don't know yeah. why. That happened to me a couple of oh, times. Me too. I still somehow feel like I've, I still kind of feel responsible, but I'm like, I don't think I did anything. I think it was just this weird dynamic that happens yeah. sometimes. And if it, if it hadn't happened to me, maybe I would have been the one who did it. But I think I was that and like my weird relationship with my mom when my parents got divorced, I was like afraid of girls. And so yeah. I was less annoyed by them more I was just like very distrustful and protective and sort of it took me a while to get close except for these couple of girls I knew growing up and um and so I think the same thing for me like I really it took a while to establish this idea of god women are great and Mm -hmm. wow I'm lucky to know so many amazing women and that's the podcast just enforces that over and over for me but it was so for me it was more it was less like oh I identify more with these guys and I don't want them to see me as different and more just like maybe I'm safer with guys I guess yeah I mean for me it's like I definitely had many experiences like that where yeah out of nowhere some girl would like yeah like stop talking to me or, or I got uh, kicked off a volleyball team without being told. I was told uh, by a girl that the volleyball team was disbanding. And literally a year later, 
I found out that someone was playing volleyball who was on my team. I was like, oh, so they're starting up the team again. She's like, what are you talking about? I was literally lied to oh instead of like God, actually kicked off of it. So weird, you know? Bad. Yeah. And then in like grade school, I remember there was a girl. I was like in the girl's restroom and like some girl just came up to me literally out of nowhere, punched me in the stomach. I didn't even see it coming. And then I was like, what? was that like afterwards i was like what what did i do like where did that come and she just said oh i was really pissed off at my friend so i needed to punch something it was me oh like, that's I, so she punched me like because she was mad oh. at her friend i was like young people don't know what to do with their feelings <laughs> or energy that has no. been established and recorded time and again yeah. but that doesn't make it any the easier problems of being a happens. wallflower is people mistake you for being a wall exactly <laughs> Oh, is that were you shy too? Did you? Oh, I was super shy. Yeah, you know, shy, nerdy. You know, uh, were you a great student? A uh, uh, very good student. So I was. You and know, because I was liked the kid, it, no one because, wanted. Yeah, not because you were like I have this particular goal. Was it like you just I, enjoyed learning? And well, I don't know. It, it, it's weird. I so I was always like really good student, straight A or near straight A, uh, and. I I don't know, but I can't say that like I loved school. Like and I and I I know that it sounds weird to say even now, but it's like I just have like kind of a good student complex and it wasn't my parents. It what no one instilled this in me. It, I just I'm terrified of like doing something wrong and like I have uh, I'm very neurotic about it like I still have this problem today where it's like I'll be doing something that's completely meaningless but if I don't do it you know to perfection you know the whole world's going to end like I never shook that off but Yeah. yeah so growing up like I was very good student and in grade school you know, I think a lot of kids thought I was, you know, weird and so didn't really want to be friends with me. So I was the typical kid that, you know, they'd cheat off of, but they didn't really want to be friends with. Yeah. <laughs> but I was pretty, you know, ignorant to all of all of that that was going around me until until I kind of hit middle school, teenage age. And then I sort of realized like what was going on. And <laughs> what was your high school like? Was it a sort of a traditional like how one thinks of the great American high school or was it a smaller I mean, school? Yeah, I think it's a fairly normal high school it was a good school district um it's uh we had 2100 kids in our high school um yeah nothing too remarkable about it other than you know the weird thing about growing up in kansas is that you know kansas makes headlines every couple of years or so for like the board of education or something saying oh we're only going to be teaching creationism and no evolution and uh, right and it's just it's so terrible because you know you grew up in Kansas and so it it's sort of um people have a certain idea of what you grew up with but again in this sort of like little oasis of Kansas City it's a lot more liberal and it's not people growing up on farms in the middle of nowhere and and thinking creationism so but it 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 manifests in weird ways of you know I remember going to sort of like a back to school night or something and the teachers had written on all the chalkboards like we teach evolution Mm. just as sort of like a statement of like Like, we're not listening to the way this is a different world than the world you might think it is so like it was weird in that you know there's probably not that many schools that have to actually write that you know the that board. would not be something you know, that would even come But it was sort of, me, you know, it had been in the headlines. Yeah. And so the teachers just wanted to be like, hey, parents, just so you know, we're not listening to those, you know, wackadoodle headlines. Right, um, right. So so I guess that's sort of what I grew up, you know, I, I so I wasn't really exposed to all of the 
you know, typical things that you think of when you think of Kansas, but um, we grew up sort of like in opposition to that. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah I know. You, it creates a need to have a stand on something that would yeah. normally just be something that's like, this is just day-to-day life. Yeah, it's not exactly. a big deal. Yeah. yeah. What, are, what were your hobbies by the time you were in high school? What was the stuff that you really loved to do? Uh, <laughs> so in high school, I, I became like a really big rave kid. Like, uh, it, that was sort of like my rebellion and release and you know finding my people um so I was like a huge candy kid and uh but even in like going to raves I was still like the probably the weird nerd because I I never did drugs well that was my next question you know that's the next obvious question so I was surrounded by tons of people doing tons of drugs was I was having a great time I probably looked like I was on drugs Uh because I had like you know candy bracelets and a visor and like I had the whole raver look yeah uh but I uh, to this day, I've never done any drugs at all, and yeah. I have uh, some. I definitely have friends like that. I have only met like, like who one, sort of same. maybe yeah. one other person who has like a similar story. But yeah, but yeah. So like going to raise was like my thing and my way of like getting out of you know not being popular in high school mm-hmm. and and sort. Of, but like I had this whole other community on the weekends, and yeah, it was it was definitely my first time in finding true community yeah um and it, it made such a huge impact on my life and it, it was the happiest i had been as a teenager for sure god it's so interesting yeah i mean the only thing just to circle back on the drug thing with with raves specifically cause i'm thinking about for example my friend april richardson who uh is well known on the podcast who is who also hasn't ever done any drugs and but was way more of a you know i'm gonna follow the smiths and morrissey on to all their shows Mm -hmm. and so it's 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 also very drug use adjacent and she is also one of those people that it wasn't like she took this like strong stand and was like yelling at everybody else not to she (laughs) just was like don't need to don't want to and um but that but but that to me just and I'm, by the way, coming from the perspective, as these guys know, of a person who did take a lot of drugs when I was in <laughs> high school uh, and was not uh, into raves, but like that would have been the next. Like raves weren't really. I'm older than you, I think, so raves weren't weren't really. That's not what it was. It was just like we all, you know, you go to an all ages club and you drop right. acid and yeah. you dance to the Cure or whatever, yeah, which sure. sort of gave way to raves. Um, but uh, but th- that. What I was going to say is that like being into Morrissey and not taking drugs is easier for me to imagine than raves. And that's probably what people say is like, how did that stay interesting to you? Like part of the music and the sort of culture is like one could say enhanced significantly and staying up all night. Yeah, for me, it was it was because I got when I was 12, I got really into electronic music and I didn't know a single soul who was into electronic music. Yeah. So it was like, that was, I was obsessed with it. It was great. I was like saving up to get turntables. Had never heard of raves though. Had never heard of any of this. And yeah. you know, do you remember how you came across electronic music then? Did you have a friend? I think you- it was the internet, you know, it's yeah. like you, you had these browsable, you know, radio stations, you know, real player, whatever it was like, you know, and I'd be browsing stuff. Um, but I think, I, I think that was part of it. But I think ultimately the thing was that um, there was like a really popular Fatboy Slim song, and I was like on the radio, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get that CD." And I got the CD, and it was the wrong Fatboy Slim CD, and I didn't know that it was like an earlier one. It, um, maybe it was Better Living Through. I can't. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was that one. And like, I turned on the first track, and it was like the first time I had ever heard electronic music, and I was just 
instantly in love. I was like, what is this? This is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was like the first thing. And then after that, yeah, I went to the internet. I was like, I have to find more of this yeah. stuff. And so, yeah, for God, a few years... God, that feeling of yeah. I mean, it really is like you're falling in love. Like you, your brain's chemistry, I'm sure, is having this significant response where like your heart rate increases and you're like dopamine and you're sort of going, I need that. This is to finally feel this way about uh, this very, you know, whatever these various things are that we kind of come across in our lives. Those are so significant. No, it was great. And then, like, I remember I found. underworld which to this day is like one of my favorite music artists and uh i remember yeah i think this was also when i was 12 i went into like a used cd store looking for like an underworld album and i remember the clerk was like you know about underworld like this 12 year old's coming in yeah you know looking for like this british you know artist uh, cd that's kind of obscure (laughs) yeah i do kind of i have to say i miss that i I do miss that feeling of like again because of that heart rate increase Mm -hmm. thing i miss like going to you know a cd store and like like walking going to whatever band i really like and if it's a place that you know specializes in imports or whatever Mm -hmm. like that moment of like looking for the flap that has that band's name on it and flipping it and just hoping like i don't like just, I mean, it really is like a candy yeah. store feeling like I, I can only see the tops of the CDs. So I can't right. see, all I see is the plastic. Yeah. It oh, could be God. anything. could be all stuff I already yeah. have. But what if it's not? And then mm-hmm. flipping forward and seeing something that's like, oh my God, this is a total bootleg. Yeah. Recorded from a live show. Like, I do miss that. Yeah. No, because well, the internet, I don't And have that, that was you know? like, that's where, I mean, randomly communities for it. So it's like, you know, fast forward to, I don't know, I was 14 or 15 years old and some friends were going to some rave and I didn't know what it was and I went and then you know there's 400 500 people in a room dancing to electronic music this music that I thought no one else liked and then instantly yeah there's like 500 people and I'm like oh my god my people there's I was like there's other people who like this music it was amazing yeah but but then you know going back to the cd flipping thing you know I remember borders and borders was like borders had cds and like I remember once I started getting into raves, I'd be going to Borders and like flipping through either CDs and they also sometimes had vinyl and like someone works there and recognized that like I went to raves and, and you know, and then like then I had a new buddy to go to raves with. And, yeah. Yeah. It was around. Yeah. Having to go to a physical store to something and then you might actually connect with people who are part of your same community. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so I guess. I guess, you know, nowadays we do that with Twitter in a sense. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's still, I'm sure for those of you who are younger listeners who are like, please stop talking about the virtues of CD (laughs) stores. Um, I mean, obviously there is a ton of, there are a ton of ways to connect with people, but that certainly was, um, yeah, that was like a, a, a very specific experience that I can relate to. And also it's interesting when you are in a community or you're in a world where other people seem to have that just by virtue of where they are. It's like, yeah. you're sur- you know, it could be like, these people go to church. That's their community. These people are hugely into sports. We, no problem. There's plenty of people who feel that way. And then to, but to need to, to sort of, to not even know that you're searching for it in a mm-hmm. sense. And then to find that outside of whatever, you know, the quote unquote norm of, of what you're used to seeing is that can be a really profound feeling, yeah. you know? 
Did you feel that way um, going into, I mean, I'm jumping way ahead, mm-hmm. but with the whole NASA adventure, did it, was there a similar feeling there of sort of like, oh my God, all these other people who didn't necessarily study this. And I'll ask you to just back up mm-hmm. and explain what I'm talking about. Since <laughs> we did Star Talk together, guys, if you're wondering why I know this, but um, uh, if there if there was a sense of that too of the sort of like oh look at this stitched together group that you know weren't going coming together in mm-hmm. school and studying this subject and finding you know yeah I mean so yeah to give a little background I guess Thank on you. the story uh, so I you know um, when I was a teenager I was really obsessed with design and like really obsessed no one could have knocked me off that path and science like I wasn't really I couldn't say I was a science geek like I didn't hate it like design because I know your dad's a furniture designer product design interior design design, graphic design yeah so like I was like okay I'm gonna become a graphic designer with the ultimate goal of becoming an executive creative director that's why I told myself at 14 I was like obsessed and this is this plays into the whole good student thing of like i have a very specific oh, idea yeah, so you of did what i kind need of to have achieve. that yeah yeah i was very God, like so one rare. direction like so rare. It, yeah it it was rare and i wouldn't really wish it on anyone else <laughs> you know uh, occasionally like my sister has been like well you know maybe i should have been and i was like no you should not be like me because i was a really weird kid and it had a lot of weird social implications to like know exactly what you want at 14 and like that's all you're going to do so so yeah I didn't like hate science I just wasn't really into it um you know it just uh didn't really speak to me and I was very one-minded about yeah becoming eventually an executive creative director as my goal uh and what does that mean so like what would you like if you work at like an ad agency or some creative agency or something you know you're the ultimate Mm -hmm. creative director you Uh, know you you know you're you're the top of the heap you get to have your hands in art direction and you know all all the creative related things you get to run a creative department you know how cool is that like bunch of having a bunch of creative people and being able to sort of direct them and, and help um so it's hard for me to imagine you working for an ad firm now. So yeah so right? i ended yeah. so actually i you know i interned and then uh i spent actually gosh like eight and a half years working at an ad agency in kansas city um uh, called vml and they're amazing and really cool uh, to me it was like working at pixar or something yeah you know, sure really creative place sure. like you're not making you know banner ads like you're actually producing like really like high-end like creative sort of pieces of art in Mm -hmm. a sense um but anyway so i went to art school um and got my degree in graphic design and i uh then moved to san francisco and um i was still sort of figuring out what i was doing a pretty good city to move to you know what i mean like it's not like you we're drawn to a city that didn't also have uh, good opportunities for this stuff you're not it's not new york yeah, but. I had considered New York and London, which would have been much better moves if I had wanted to stay in the same industry. But, you know, I was sort of like trying, you know, I, I was, you know, just, you know, getting out of college, trying to figure out like what I'm doing. I met some people, moved to San Francisco, which is a whole nother story. But I, um, you know, I was watching a documentary on the uh, Discovery Channel called When We Left Earth. And uh, it was this documentary about NASA trying to figure out how to send people into space and how to send put someone on the moon. And, you know, I knew this stuff, but I don't know if I had properly sat down to like watch sort of the history of it. And it was this great documentary. And but one part of it really stuck out to me. And it was the part where they were interviewing people from Mission Control 
and uh, one of the guys from Mission Control, um, you know, years later talking about, you know, the early 60s was talking about how when they were working at NASA that they didn't know anything about orbits or rocketry or, you know, spacecrafts and they were having to learn it as they went along. And I don't know, for me, it just turned on a light bulb. And I was like, well, I don't know anything about space. I want to work at NASA. That sounds amazing. Uh, and um, I told that to a friend and that friend had just met someone at NASA randomly at an event. And I was like, oh, do you have their email address? And he's like, yeah. And so I emailed this random person that I had never met, you know, just saying, hey, I'm a huge fan of NASA. Like all of a sudden, like I was a huge fan of NASA as of like a week, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> And, and I do know, I get yeah, it. And, and, and I was like, you know, if you ever need someone like me, someone completely without any science background, let me know. And the day I emailed them, uh, they had just created a job description, um, just posted this job, uh, looking for someone who explicitly didn't work at NASA, who had kind of no experience with NASA to help them sort of bridge the gap between communities inside and outside of NASA to collaborate. And so I applied for the job. And I uh, very unexpectedly got the job and I ended up working at NASA. Which, now, Ariel, yeah. listen, this is the problem <laughs> I have with this. It's not a real problem, I promise. Here's the problem. <clears throat> I am a, what do you want to call it? Like a magical realist? I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't get angry uh, at the idea of people going like, oh, it was meant to be or it's fate. I don't think that there's a God, like there's yeah. a guy who's like, flipping through his, yeah. you know, files and he's like, your okay, time. on this day, yeah. <laughs> X, Y, Z will happen. Um, but I also, uh, and w- listen, if this gets us into a huge argument, I'm prepared for it <laughs> and I respect everything you say. So you're in good shape, but, yeah, yeah. uh, but, and you will come out sounding smarter and better than me, Uh-oh. but than I, ah, mm. um, but, uh, but I also, um, I also sometimes like I have friends who are very impatient with the, and I get like colored water auras. That's not really my bag. Yep. <laughs> but, but I also have friends who get angry with me who aren't like, you're not helping, Janet. You need to be a staunch atheist. You need to be a secular right. humanist. You need to tell me there's no magic in the world. And you need to help me disseminate that information because that it's too close to the idea of God, the Father, and the Holy mm-hmm. Ghost to say that there are unknowns out there. So when you tell a story like that, you must know, <laughs> and I'm sure this has come up before, that people are like, I mean... Is that stochasticity? Is it, you know, what is that? That you have all these wonderful coincidences. Um, again, I'm not saying that it's like, I think you just proved there's God. I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. But those sorts of things, it's it's wonderful that happenstance and mm-hmm. randomness, even if that's your magic. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful to feel that sense of like, whoa. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, it, it is, but I think a lot of it comes from you know, hindsight, because again, I, I didn't grow up, you know, worshiping NASA or uh, being a big science geek, I would never have identified as a science geek. But if someone had randomly at any point in my life been like, Hey, you want a job at NASA? I've been like, hell yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> okay. like who wouldn't? Right. You know? right and right. so that's the sort of, the, you know, and I think that's really why, it stuck with me is because it was such a profound realization of like, I seriously just got a job at NASA. Like, are you kidding me? You know, and what then was I was the like, process like, what was the interview and sort of the process? I of- went in for a couple of interviews and it and, just, wh- and they just liked me. I don't know. <laughs> but what, but what was the, I mean, how much of you 
and your experience did you guys delve into in terms yeah, so, of so yeah so that job description it was a little bit eerie in that it read like my resume at the time they wanted someone with a background in design they nice. wanted someone with a background in uh, advertising Makes sense. Uh, and they wanted someone who was connected to the startup scene in San Francisco which I was just beginning to be you know I was sure. working at a, a startup and I was pretty you know most of my friends are you know tech and and so that's kind of my my social group um, and and where I operate, yeah. Because so- like if I had had the same experience, and I had told a friend who, like, if I, you know, for example, I have like. 10 people who are all very good friends with Bobak, who mm-hmm. I now know yeah. just through them. If that had been me, and I had been like, I just saw this documentary, working as a actor, <laughs> producer of a comedy slash journalist, I would love to. I don't think that that would have been the same experience for me. They would have been like, we like one thing about you. No, they hire video hosts to do like cool videos and stuff. Like, um, what's her name? Amy Shura Titel. She, she's a space historian, but she's on YouTube. And then I'm uh, sure Kara Santa Maria has done stuff. Yeah, Well, she, Amy got booked to do like these videos explaining Pluto leading up to the, like the new horizons flyby at Pluto and everything. So, you know, maybe I do need to send an email, you know, through you, my friend Ariel. (laughs) I just say, you know, but this was the whole thing is, like so i i don't know yeah i i obviously don't believe in uh divine intervention or or think that this was made to be because i didn't even know that this was really going i didn't know That's that it was what going they to have would the say in favor of it being divine intervention. sure yeah and, and yeah and they they can say that but you know but but this is I sort choose. of you know my my career since getting this job at nasa has been just really based on that first it, realization and experience and wanting to give that to other people and realizing oh like you know you can you know you can get a job at nasa or you can like actually contribute to space exploration in a really unique way uh even without having a job at nasa and uh so i kind of dedicated my life towards giving p- other people that experience that i had um uh, or or you know close closely similar experiences because um because yeah it was all around the realization of like oh i could contribute to you know space exploration and scientific discovery um but but i can still have the career that i had you know originally wanted you know nowadays of course my career is like definitely on the space side but i think one of the things that um the scientific industry sort of suffers from that they don't that they're not always aware of is that sometimes I feel like they're a little disrespectful towards people's career decisions. So there's a lot of emphasis about getting, you know, kids and and women into science um, and there should be. And, you know, definitely there are plenty of people out in the world who want to do science, who don't have enough access or enough encouragement. So it's nothing against that. But that said, uh, the science industry a lot of times says, Oh, you know, you know, you could have gone into science, but you went into fashion, right? You know, or, oh, you could, you know, well, if you're a fashion designer, and you want to do work at NASA, you know, drop everything you're doing, get a PhD in science, you know, call it a day. It's, um, it, it, it's not respecting that people have other interests in science, Mm. and that um, those other interests are just as valuable and awesome as working in science i think science a lot of times is is pushed as this sort of like higher ideal Mm. than other uh industry choices than Mm -hmm. other career choices and i really 
really push back against that I because I think it's awful. That. So, so, so because I came from art school, graphic design, you know, there's no part of me saying, oh, I wish I had, you know, pursued astrophysics or something. Sure. You know, I, I know why I pursued what I did. Um, but the reality is, is that I have, you know, I, as I exist right now, have things to contribute to the science industry. And so do a lot of other people. And so that's sort of what led to everything that I do now. It's all in this mission of getting people um, from all different backgrounds to contribute to science and and telling them that they don't need to drop everything and get a PhD unless that's what they want, right. but that they can actually use the skills and perspectives that they already have, that they themselves, as they exist now, are perfect to contribute to science. And they can do it, you know, a little bit or a lot or however they feel about it. They can drop in and out of it. It's not a binary decision. I think that is absolutely fantastic. And honestly, be- other than through what you do and what I've learned uh, through that avenue, that isn't something I ever thought about. You know, you're right. That sort of, that's just kind of an unspoken, whether it's projected elitism or it's real or a little of both, mm-hmm. there is, there really is that sense yeah. of us and them. Like, yeah. oh, these are the minds, these are the great minds mm-hmm. and who am I and what say do I have or why you know, and that I think you're I mean, obviously, I'm sure this is stuff you talked about many times, but just that idea mm-hmm. of like a growing gap between a civilization that ostensibly should be looking collectively together at that next thing and that exploration yeah. versus, well, that's not on me. I'm just here working my blue collar job. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to do with that stuff. And frankly, why would I want money to go towards that mm-hmm. when I need to fa- feed my kids? Mm-hmm. And what kind of participation can people have in a way that, you know, creates that sense of like, this is, this belongs to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. And and so, you know, when I got the, the job at NASA, um, I was only there for a short time. And then I, uh, when I left, I uh, spent um, some time and built out um, spacehack.org, which is yeah a directory of ways for anyone to participate in space exploration. And it was specifically because of that. And, you know, on spacehack.org, you've got projects that, you know, only require a little bit of time, some require a lot of time. Um, but, you know, you've got all of these things. And, and, and I created it because when I was working at NASA, I had heard about all of these projects that people could contribute to. But you know, only government people knew about them Mm -hmm. or like, or when I went to the websites, you know, even if it was a very simple thing to get involved in, they made it so (laughs) difficult to understand. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah. So with space hockey, you know, I sort of uh, manually transcribe these things to make them a lot more accessible and then also promote them to groups that are not already tuned into NASA. And I think that's one of the challenges that NASA NASA still has today is, um, you know, they've grown their fan base, but when they, you know, talk about getting involved a lot of times they have trouble reaching out to people who aren't already listening to nasa and tuned into that and so i think um the important thing uh is i I, again i sort of just thinking back to myself and my own experience is that i there would have been nothing on my profile nothing to identify me as a science geek as someone that nasa should have reached out great point yeah you know and and i think that's the thing that's important is you know there's a lot of people again most people you go up to on the street, hey, do you want a job at NASA? Would probably say yes. Yeah. Probably, I'm guessing. Um, but, you know, 
would we be able to find them anywhere? The only else, reason or? they would say no that I, pops into my mind immediately, other than like inferiority complex of like, I, what would I do? Is that they just know there's a lot of, they would assume like, I can't do all that math. Yeah, well, but that's the whole point is like, if someone said, do you want a job at NASA? I'll give it to you no matter yeah, yeah. what you do or don't know, yeah. no matter how you know, you feel about yourself. Yeah. They would say yes. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, yeah. It's super cool. No, I know a lot of people would talk themselves out of it. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I'd talk myself out of it, but, you know, um, but again, like going back to that sort of divine whatnot, you know, this is one story that like worked out this way. Like if you were to go to like all the email, random emails I've sent to people who never, ever responded. Sure. It'd be a time. Sure, sure. You know, this isn't, yeah, like, I'm sure at some point I've emailed Pixar. I'm sure, you know, yeah. I've emailed a lot of other random, you know, things. And, and Well, and- that is where that sort of, you know, hunger that you wouldn't wish on anybody, that then at least there's, you know, the, the part that pays off of that sort of doggedness is something that it, some of, like, yeah. I wish I had more of that. I wish I had more of the sort of, like... I'm going to, you know what? I'm sending another email today or another 50 emails today. Yeah, I mean, some of it's hunger when you know what you want to do, but some of it's just like curiosity and like, eh. Who, you know, who, yeah. who knows, you know, sort yeah. of thing. And, I think and that's so, great, too, though. What a great yeah, thing to encourage like, You people. know, why not? Email? You're not going to get don't 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 assume you're going to get hurt by no response, a response. Yeah. You well, know. especially when you have no investment in it. So yeah. this story could have gone. I could have emailed NASA. They could have not responded. I could have then just not done anything else about it and yeah. gone a different direction like yeah. that could have very easily happened and it did happen yeah probably 50 100 times over of like random people i've emailed hoping for something you know i've emailed you know people in the you know movie industry wanting to be now like a scientific advisor and and like they're like yeah we're not answering your email <laughs> you know like so there's a lot of things like that so but it, once you have but it's nice when we have those ones or twos because that's a lot of what show business is too mm-hmm. right is this idea of just building up this you know resume of rejection for those opportunities when things do happen and it does feel like this kind of black swan opportunity i'm not speaking of the movie guys if you're interested in what a black (laughs) swan is that's a whole other you should listen to some a smart person ah now i'm doing it i'm smart enough to know what it is it doesn't mean you're not smart if you don't know what it is just look it up it's cool it's a cool thing it's a cool it's a cool thing to talk about um but uh but you know this this idea of like getting that feedback of Mm. Again, kind of like gambling. I'm not a gambler because my assumption is nothing will ever come mm-hmm. through. That money is better spent elsewhere. But I can understand the sort of like adrenaline and dopamine response because I know what it feels like to take chances in my work yeah. and have something pay off and have most things not pay off yeah. and feel that feeling of like, well, it happened once. Yeah. And if it can happen once, it can happen again. Yeah, exactly. You know? And and you know equally my hope is that also you know organizations and and you know government agencies sort of learned from this because you know since this experience i've become you know a, a huge uh i guess proponent and 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 uh i don't know what to say a person i guess in in the space industry but um you know equally i i hope places like nasa and other organizations sort of learn the importance of um, also taking a chance on people who, yeah, don't have any experience sort of to then become your largest fans. And actually you can grow, you know, communities that way because you can tap into people who are sort of key influencers 
um, in other communities who maybe have no experience with your own, but giving them a chance to actually be embedded and come in, you know, um, long term can mean that, you know, you're actually uh, actually making science or, or whatever it is more accessible. Yeah, absolutely. And also isn't the I mean, I have to I'm I've never been more sure of anything that I don't know the answer to, but I, I would imagine that it becomes very addictive in a very positive way to get the feedback from the people whose lives you've impacted who say, thank you so much for making this available to me. Thank you so much for making me feel like I deserve to be in this room in a way that I never would have felt on my own. I mean, that's just, yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's an amazing gasoline. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the, cause that's, there's those little moments that I have are, they feel real different than just getting a check in the mail. They yeah. feel real different. Yeah. I need both, but I do need more than, you know what I mean? I, that it just, it's, it's a quite a feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that's the reason why any introverts like myself might, you know, do a lot of public facing things is even though it's, you know, difficult, the, um, the impact it makes on people is, is worth it. It's, yeah. it's worth sort of powering through your introversion. Absolutely. For, yeah. There's so much more I want to say about this, but I also feel like, um, I can refer people to your uh, all of the material that's out there that's generated by you. Certainly, the Star Talk episode that we did together. I know we could. There was a lot more covered about um, space hack and things that people can do to get involved. And mm-hmm. what you were saying about th- this idea of, I mean, I really walked away super inspired after that experience, specifically because of this idea of like you. B- for me, it's very much like comedy and being in a room with comedians or doing improv, which is if you're in a safe space, if you have an idea that you're not sure is any good at all, but you have the courage to put it out there, somebody and you have to be also have the ego to like be happy for someone to make it better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you shouldn't you we can't as human beings feel that the origin of the best idea in the world needs to come from us. Yeah. It has to be collective. It has to be like. This, you guys, this might be really stupid, or maybe you don't even say that, but if you need to qualify, great, yeah. and put it out there, and then someone else goes, maybe not that, but, mm-hmm. and then the the best thing ever comes from that, and yeah. that's where, you know, we end up with a means to get to IO or Europa or right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Thank God you opened your mouth in that room of people that you, where you thought, wow, what would I know about getting to, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. just like, it gives me chills. I really walked away from that going, okay, so that's just like... That's the hive mind that I love so much about any kind of project where it's okay to say something or posit something, knowing that like it might be absolutely nothing, but even you but your nothing might be someone else's like light bulb moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's great. Um, I play this uh, MASH game at the end of every episode. Uh, MASH, I don't know if you ever played it. No. You were pretty busy becoming an executive creative director. (laughs) A nerd, yeah. Uh, This is a game that has been around for many, many, many years. Uh, MASH stands for mansion, apartment, shack, or house. Okay. I will give you, uh, I like to tailor this. In the old days, it would be like, name three cars you would drive. Name three guys you would marry. (laughs) Name this and that. This is our our little... um, uh, wrap up so that uh, I get three of each thing from you and these are categories that will make sense to you in a second okay. and then we do the sort of like eeny meeny miny mo after which you receive your uh, your MASH future oh my God. alternate I'm universe scared. MASH future um, so the first one I'll take it easy on you for the first one the first one is uh, would be like <clears throat> MASH mansion apartment check house means that that will be decided for you mm-hmm. by divine intervention mm-hmm. uh, via probably hash marks but um 
the second one is you're going to have this mansion apartment shack or house in a vacation place Mm -hmm. um i'm going to take it outside of planet earth as we know it uh in terms of what's reasonable for a vacation home and say Mm -hmm. in this case it should be something that for some reason isn't really physically viable whether it's uh an imaginary realm like middle Mm -hmm. earth whether Mm -hmm. it's uh you know Mm -hmm. another planet whether it's the bottom of the ocean Mm -hmm. um three places that it would be amazing to just sort of snap your fingers and be able to like kick back and enjoy this alternate universe world oh gosh i have to think about that one Except and by the way all of these will be like that and you'll be yeah. like can i get back to you and they'll say yeah. no you have to no, improvise yeah, you answers have to. really you fast i mean <laughs> i apologize uh oh god well i mean the first thing that comes to mind but i don't know if i would enjoy it though is you know uh one of my favorite places in the solar system is enceladus mm-hmm. it's like you know perfectly white I see, you know, moon, but I don't like being cold. This well, this, but in this world, all the bad stuff. Okay, let's just window, say, so like, we'll I have like Enceladus. the best heater Great. on Enceladus. Enceladus, then, then yeah, copy, that's, yeah, copy, that's, copy, that's, copy. Let's just do that. Yeah. Now I need two more. Right. We're out of this world, sort yeah. Of places. And again, it could be a made-up place too. Yeah, like made-up, pla- oh, you know, god. Dagobah or something. Oh my god, uh, I have to think. Mm. Was there like a book or a, like a a movie that you liked? Yeah, I'm swallowed going through the sort of like sci-fi and and yeah. trying to think. Uh, oh my god! Okay, I mean one that's cool to me. Uh, god, now I have to remember. Oh, um, a movie that came out like past few years oblivion mm-hmm. uh sort of sci-fi world but it's like you get to see you know the bridge is buried it's like earth 20 oh yeah or 2077 yes, yes. or something yes and it's like you just get to see sort of like this desolate but also you know you see remnants of earth i it's not entirely destroyed every anything yeah. like that i'm such a sucker for i know a lot of people yeah. are that's why they keep getting made but things like 12 monkeys where mm-hmm the animals have taken over New York city mm-hmm. and you sort of see things from the, what if we weren't here anymore kind of thing. It's yep. fascinating. People are really fascinated by the sort of future anthropology of the present. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. I love that. Okay. And then one more. Okay. Then I'm, I guess I'll just be easy and say like aboard like star Trek. Great. Like, yeah, that'd be, that's good. Cause you get the holodeck too. So yeah. you can go wherever you yeah, want. I'm like, how cool would it be to have one of those little rooms and you know, your little 3d printer of sorts on board and exactly all right. that. So that, that'd work. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Um, let's do, uh, <clears throat> so in this life you have, uh, started this great organization. Um, this can be as frivolous or as profound as you want. This is you've, I will say you've done enough already. So no answer could possibly be wrong. Okay. But this is like alternate universe, other career or business. Like, Oh, I, I actually would, you know what, if I could own like a cafe with books, then mm-hmm. that'd be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So al- alternate careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, w- I would actually love to be a fashion designer. Like, Great. I really love fashion. Agreed. And I really love, like, if I could do, like, biomimicry fashion, that I- I'd love that. Tell us what biomimicry. Oh, biomimicry. Like, things that mimic animals or plants yeah. or, you know, other things, natural things. Yeah. So, you know, being able to make a dress that looks like a jellyfish. I don't know. I love that. Uh, something like that. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Okay. Fashion designer. I need two more. Oh God. Now I have to I know. Um, what else would I do? Uh, uh, I would be um, saving rainforest for lemurs in Madagascar. Wonderful. Um, I really respect uh, some awesome people who do that. No doubt. And Madagascar is amazing. Um, 
and then gosh i'm trying to think of like something that's like inaccessible um that i would want to do um well, well, yeah, let's say, you know, marine biologists, because I love like deep sea stuff. And, and Agreed. you know, I would equally like to email a marine biologist and be like, hey, I'm a big fan. But I have like no experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tell me what I can do. Here's can what I, I was able to do before yeah. when that was the case. Can I come look at like vampire squids with you or something? You oh, know? No kidding, <laughs> right? Yeah. That vampire squid. Is it or again, vampire octopus? One I think of the it's two. a squid. Yeah. It's G- one of those. Give that a Google, guys. It is creepy as stunning. Hell. I just creepy took a picture of one, I guess was at the Natural History Museum. Not a mm-hmm. live one, but like a, an image of one yep. at the Natural History Those Museum in New York. I was so blown away. Um, okay, great. Uh, this is uh, a, a favorite of mine. I uh, question your feelings. I'll, we'll find out. Um, but this is a food or substance, a drink, something that in this reality is not good for you, Ariel, mm-hmm. on some level. For me, I have some allergies, so there's this is where I take mm-hmm. my time to really, uh, you know, enjoy that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, either it makes you fat, or it makes mm-hmm. you have a heart attack, mm-hmm. or it makes, or it's an animal and you don't want to eat animals, mm-hmm. or it's, you know, booze, or whatever stuff um, you enjoy three that's things, not good. Yeah, three things here where in this world, uh, they actually benefit your health in, the, in, in some oh. way. Well, I and mean, you can have a, the snap this is pretty finger. much everything I already eat. It's like Wonderful. chocolate, cheese. Great, great. What is the third? Uh, I mean, I have a huge sweet tooth, so really, it's just anything sugar. Yeah. What if you? What if you could? If you're really hungry and you could have anything that you'd had anywhere, mm-hmm. what would be the sort of thing you'd go like? Oh God, I wish I could just dive into this one cupcake that I had one time and blah blah blah. Oh God, I'd have to think about that. <laughs> I, I like I, because I really love food. Yeah. I really love I it. Hear, and there's yeah. not many things I wouldn't say. Oh yeah, I just dive into a whole. Yeah, bunch. I mean for me, it's like mac and cheese. Oh, like the best. I'm in love. You the know, best. yeah. Pasta in general, pasta. Italian food, God, pizza, just the way that the Italians specifically figured out cheese mm-hmm. and bread together in all their many forms. Mm-hmm. Mwah. I feel like this isn't very fantasy because, like, chocolate, cheese, mac and cheese, like, I eat that stuff. <laughs> Listen. I'm all for it. I think if you allow yourself and can enjoy that stuff and also in moderation. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the key. Uh, I have trouble uh, moderating any of those things that you just named, but uh, <laughs> I just love them so much. Um, okay, next one is now this is uh, alternate universe doesn't have to be a real person could be mostly because it's a sexual attraction thing mm-hmm. it could be because it's like this is my alternate universe companion mm-hmm. three people and i don't care if they're from fiction it could be mm-hmm. like jodie foster's character in contact it could yeah. be you know um uh three people that it would be fun to have like sexy times or like <laughs> heartful times with huh. in this alternate universe oh gosh gonna have to think about this i well i know i have a crush on daniel craig oh, what a yeah. Doll. yeah he was one that i didn't see it he's he was somebody that like i would see before i had really seen him in anything i would mm-hmm. hear other like when he started to trickle in as like mm-hmm. an it boy there yeah uh, before like when they were like he's gonna be the new bond and i hadn't seen him in anything mm-hmm. just seeing him i was like i don't know like mm-hmm. and then when i started seeing yeah him it's in, like, in acting it's, i yeah, thought there he's really got yeah. something and, and then he's like, very sexy and handsome but i don't you, but like you just don't know and until, handsome and then it, yeah and then he's great as an actor but i think the thing that i like especially is um when he's you know just himself he's actually quite shy and i'm like oh that's like actually great you yes know? yes not having like you know the the big you know ego of of his you know characters is actually yeah. attractive but agreed 
God, do Great more. Choice. You're uh, killing I know. me. Uh, it could be from any place in time. Ever. It could be, yeah. God, I know I really any, forced it on any you. Any place in time. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, and again, it could be like a version of that person. Like, part of me feels like, like the, you know, our American, American treasure, Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know what kind of, I guess I don't know enough about him to know what kind of a, 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 a companion he would be. Mm-hmm. But my version of what he would be based on his writing is the one I want. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to be reasonable in that sense. Yeah. God. Like I would never pick Picasso as a fan of his relationship to women. Right. Oh my but God. I guess if yeah. I didn't know that and I just loved his art, it'd be like, I, he's the painter I want him to be as a right. human. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, this is killing me because I'm like going through all these names. I'm like, do I want sexy times with this people? Like, no, no, no. But, it, but that's why it could be. This is my. This isn't. My, I don't have this person for this reason. I have mm-hmm. it for this reason. I see. I see. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Oh, you're killing me here. I'm so sorry. Yeah, this one is difficult. I'm like. Are there cartoon characters? I, I like. Just I don't know. Suggest that. Like, what about? Um, thinking of cartoons that I've liked. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Gosh, I'm just throwing up blanks on all this. What about like someone from like a Star Trekky kind of like a oh, like right. a Picard? Oh, Picard. Okay, I mean, let's totally put down Picard. Yeah. All right, that's a good one. Yeah. And might I add? Uh, a wonderful human being in real life patrick stewart yes is i like know the best. yeah so yeah. he he, okay, he passes the daniel craig test oh my god like, awesome i character. forgot to raise jean-luc picard i just wrote dream boat <laughs> <laughs> what a dork <laughs> oh no okay. so yeah so, picard, so picard and daniel craig both people who are awesome actors and awesome in real life Ugh, okay right. now i have to come up with a third person awesome we're, actor awesome we're in getting real there life. together you we're getting me. there this is really pulling teeth. um let's see I mean, you got your sort of your Carl Sagan's, you got your, that's maybe, uh, I don't know. I've, that's somebody that I'm like, oh, to just like sit on a beach and talk about the world with him for mm-hmm. a while. I don't know that I would want to like roll around in the sack, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, that'll probably be okay. <laughs> uh, mm. what, who else from the film is the film is um, this is fun for me because now I'm getting to like yeah you have to help me brainstorm because I'm like now because so I've, I've taken this. these two people and I agree with both I'm wondering oh you yeah. know who else I do love is Clive Owen I think he's also like a no, kind of a soft spoken yeah. dude he wouldn't be on my um, list though okay yeah. fair enough yeah fair enough yeah. he's another one I use him as an example because I felt the exact same way about him as I did Daniel Craig which mm-hmm. was like I knew he was like hot shit and mm-hmm. I had never seen him in anything and I was like Another good-looking British guy, everybody. And okay. then I started seeing I'll him. I'll throw this like, one great. out just because it's like an easy easy one to do. And it, it definitely falls in the category of uh, maybe not physical attraction, but like nerd attraction. Yeah. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Like he's Besides, someone he where... might surprise you. He's someone person. where it's like, you know, yeah, I like... At first glance, I don't know, but yeah. like then when he starts talking, you're like, okay, the you're kind of you're, you're sexy. <laughs> he is. I don't know if you saw that. There was a thing that they did that was like that was live from whatever London stage. I don't know if it was like an opera stage. Certainly, this wasn't an opera, but they did a, a live mm-hmm. broadcasted version of Frankenstein mm-hmm. that um, he alternated with Johnny Lee Miller, mm-hmm. um, who's somebody that I don't think of as being a phenomenal actor because the stuff that he does on our kind of commercial American side is mm-hmm. all sort of like, oh, okay. 
Um, but they switched from being the doctor and the monster mm-hmm. uh, on various nights. Mm-hmm. But they both did some of the most phenomenal physical almost dance wow. work uh, yeah. as the monster. Well, and his, his really voice worth is just like amazing. Oh, yeah. Like his he, voice he, is everything. He's really something else. Um, uh, okay, great. Okay, okay. I'm going to move on to something easier, <laughs> hopefully. I hope. Um, okay, next category is... Um, well, I guess this is a question that's kind of come up because of things that we've talked about. And this is sort of a... This, I could see you liking this. I could see you. Ha- I could see exactly the reason why you wouldn't like this. But this idea of the the first rush of an experience, mm-hmm. um, if you could revisit, if you could sort of experience it afresh, yeah. uh, three things that you kind of experience in your life, whether it's the first time you see X building in mm-hmm. person, you sort of get that, or it's the first time you hear electronic music, mm-hmm. three things that, that would be nice to sort of be able to have that first time with once more. Yeah. No, I, I think I, yeah, some of them, yeah, we definitely already talked about. Yeah. So, hearing electronic music for the first time uh going to a rave for the first time uh and i think getting told that i got the job at nasa again like absolutely like oh my god i remember i tried like i just immediately like you know they're like great we'll offer it to you and like so yeah we'll sign paper da, da, da. i'm like great cool keeping my cool totally normal yeah i walk to my car as slowly as i can close the car door and then i'm like dialing my mom <laughs> going like mom you have to pick up oh, <laughs> like the first so thing great. i was like i had to like scream to my mom oh my god i got a job yes so, i think amazing. we well i i i feel like we live in a world where it's it starts to feel dangerous to allow ourselves to have those feelings sometimes because it almost does seem too good to be yeah. true. And so I really am a fan and a proponent of like, let yourself celebrate. Like, yeah. even if you got fired the next day, mm-hmm. let yourself celebrate. Like, have that moment of, you know, yeah. euphoria. Yeah. Um, don't worry about whether or not it's all going to fall apart. <laughs> I'm saying that to myself as much as anything. Um, okay. And then the final one is uh, three alternate forms of transportation. So you can get around mm-hmm. uh, if you would like to be limited to. Mm-hmm. physics mm-hmm. as uh bill mm-hmm. the science guy would say yeah but if you don't and you want to go into the world of the magical and mm-hmm. we figured out how to teleport you can include that as well yeah. three, three ways to get around that aren't uh, a typical uh well as an american i'm gonna say high speed rail great like, that would just, i love trains Me i love being too. on trains and it would be really great if we could just go everywhere with Wouldn't trains i don't it. i don't like flying yeah like i love traveling but i don't like flying uh and yeah um trying to think what else i would enjoy i mean even though i don't enjoy flying i'm curious because so virgin galactic you know which is doing like suborbital space flights the ultimate goal for richard branson is not actually space tourism with that it's actually to be able to travel from like yeah san francisco to australia yeah you know in i don't know 30 minutes an hour i don't know how long like no time so traveling anywhere in the world um with minimal time which is actually you know uh, within the laws of physics, there but we go. haven't gotten there yet. Sure, so I'd be curious, even though I don't like flying. Uh, what it would be like to do suborbital space flights to specifically go to other parts of the yep. Earth? That's great. Um, and then, hmm, hmm, trying to think. Hmm, I don't know. Let's just say flying cars. Why not? Great. Why not? Great. Because of a lot of reasons. But that's why. 
<laughs> but for the purposes here, yeah. why not? Yeah. Okay. Now this is just the part where I do like my little doodle that I that ends up creating a number that I will use to sort of make a right. So you just tell me when to stop. It can be very fast. Can be. Okay. I, mean, I would say don't take too long. But. <laughs> okay. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Um, I'm going to pause this, mm-hmm. do this very important series of calculations. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No this calculating. So science. I will come back with your 100% guaranteed fictitious mash future. I said, this is great. Like I took credit for this, even though they were all your answers and that's <laughs> such a wonderful fake mash future. Um, okay. Number one, I want to congratulate you on your unlimited supply with zero health ramifications whatsoever of mac and cheese yay in all its forms i don't know what that means but in all its forms in all versions of cheese and pasta that you want um i think that this is something that you will enjoy uh very much indulging in with your alternate universe companion jean-luc picard (laughs) aka patrick stewart nice yeah very nice Mm -hmm. uh i feel great about that one um you to enjoy a mansion that, by the way, has excellent heating. Enceladus. <laughs> Perfect. And when you're not doing that, I don't, listen, you don't have to take him everywhere you go. It could be that you're saving lemurs in Madagascar on your own. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have them with mm-hmm. you. You're an independent woman. Mm-hmm. If you want him there, he's there. <laughs> Just like that. Uh, and uh, you, all these different places that you're able to get around, uh, I want you to rest assured that we have mastered flying cars. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a, a wonderful way of, of transporting yourself. And um, you can also revisit for the very first time again uh, when you got the job at NASA. Nice. So very nice. well done. Uh, Ariel, thank you so much for doing yeah, the podcast. This has been such a treat. Uh, where can people find you? We talked about uh, Space Hack. Yeah, uh, I'm Ariel Waldman on everything. So A-R-I-E-L-W-A-L-D-M-A-N.com on Twitter, on YouTube. I'm just starting my YouTube channel. I've got nice. like 100 subscribers. It's really adorable. Get in on uh, the ground level, yeah, everybody. Ground level. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of everywhere as Ariel Outstanding. Waldman. Yep. Outstanding. Uh, and guys, uh, of course, I'm up at SFC. Sketchfest. I thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 